Hi, I'm John. And I'm Paul. And this is the Minute Podcast. If you give a mouse a cookie, I'm pretty sure he'd write a book. But give us 60 seconds of footage, we'll still tell you where to look. With a concept this simplistic, I can't believe we brought it back. But give us just a minute, and we'll give you season two of the podcast. The Minute Podcast. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode. As you probably know by now, the Minute Podcast is a weekly conversation between John and myself where we review a listener-submitted minute of content completely out of context. John, what are we looking at today? Uh, Today we're discussing Minute 41 of 1959's On the Beach, submitted by MinuteBot. Well, thanks very much, MinuteBot. Before we jump into it, I should let you know that this week's episode is brought to you by Stamps.Tom. Hi, I'm Tom, and I bought way too many stamps. For the love of God, please help. Buy 100 stamps and I'll give you a free stamp. I owe the Postal Service so much money. Visit stamps.com. Damn it. Visit stamps.tom today and I'll throw in a free scale. I bought it to weigh drugs, but it'll probably work for packages too. Anyway, please buy some stamps. All right. Um, help Tom out. Help a Tom out. Help a Tom out. All right. So uh, what is our level of familiarity with On the Beach? I can tell you right now, I got none. How about you, Paul? Hard zero. I don't recognize any of the actors, locations, or anything. Uh, I recognize there is a beach for a few seconds, uh, and then we are inside of a building. And other than those two things, I'm coming at this with very little context. (laughs) All right. Well, to expand on that just a little bit for a quick intro, we do see a quick scene at the beginning of what appears to be a man carrying a woman down a beach who then puts her down and they look sort of ashamed not sure what's happening there uh cut to the longer scene of two men in a billiards club of some kind discussing port yep (laughs) all right uh so i think we should do a script read this time uh you're going to play the mustachioed man uh, in the billiards club uh and i'll be playing the waiter and baldy however uh there is no dialogue for the first part of this minute so it's true. We'll uh, leave an appropriate length pause for a man to awkwardly put down a woman on a beach. Yep. All right. All right. I think it's absolutely preposterous. How much of this gold Campbell have we got left now, Stephen? Oh, better than 400 bottles, sir. And in its prime. Shocking. Shocking. 400 bottles of vintage port in the cellar and barely five months to go. Five months, mark you, if what Vissa and his chaps say is right. I think it needs another year, actually. I blame the wine... I blame the wine... God damn it. I blame the wine committee very much, very much indeed. Should have had more foresight. How can the members be expected to get through 400 bottles of port in five months' time? Bad planning, I say. Ridiculous. I'll take another bottle home with me today, Stephen. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and scene. Lost the accent in the middle for a minute. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was a weird accent to begin with. It's like a mid-Atlantic accent. This is a this is an old movie, 1959. <laughs> uh, Very old. So, yeah, people don't talk that way no more. So They don't, and it's hard to do. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we start off on the beach. Uh, we barely get to see the beach because it's basically just, uh, you know, it's like a two-shot of these, of these two people, this woman... Presumably being held, like, it's difficult to actually see what's going on here a little bit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure what's happening is she's being sort of carried by this man who then puts her down in front of, we see the back of the head, I think, of another Mm -hmm. person. So it's like, 
was he interrupted carrying her and now they're both like pretending nothing was happening? I mean, what do you think is going on here? I think, okay, I think maybe she didn't want to do something. He picks her up bodily and then drops her in front of the person that she doesn't want to have to talk to or something like that. I see. That could be. I thought that they both looked a little bit um, like they just gotten in trouble or something like that, mm. as if they were acting like kids on this grown-up beach, and so he yeah. puts her down and, like, embarrassedly walks away. But you could also <laughs> the be The adult right. beach? The grown-up beach? <laughs> the grown-up beach. I like I like the idea of this grown-up beach. Like, uh, it's sort of like adult swim. Like, all the kids have to stop being kids for a few minutes while they have, like, the grown-up beach time. I think it's, it's a very good idea, but it's risky somewhat, because if you say it's an adult beach, you might, oh, get, yeah. you might get some nudists or others showing oh, up. Oh, yeah. And, no, lots of eroticism going on yeah. in an adult beach. In general, um, I feel like any space in which you can declare something is is just for adults for a time. I like yeah. that a lot, though. Like the, the zoo yeah. in D.C., you'll occasionally get not quite that, but they'll be like, night zoo, and most of the kids aren't there, and it's, it's pretty night good. Night zoo. Zoo after dark. <laughs> you want to see the small mammals in action? You want to see after the ocelots? Dark. Maybe a giant tortoise? Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, maybe the blue-footed boobies. Ha-ha. Ha-ha, boobies. <laughs> All right, so... um. Well, okay. Um, Is this the same man, John, that we see in this first little clip that we see right at the end of the minute, do you think? I, it does feel like it's the same guy, but it's difficult because everybody looks like they're not from 1959. <laughs> yeah, it's really so hard to So he looks tell. like young man as opposed to old old man. True. Uh, Those so are the two I, characters we see in this film. Yes. Uh, yeah, the two characters that talk in this, not counting the waiter, are old men. Uh, and then at the very end, we see a dashing, like, officer-looking guy, like a young officer mm-hmm. walking through the room before the end of the minute. So we, we don't know what he's about to do other than walk through this room. Um, well, it's true. Let's jump into the second scene then. The well, no. Before we do that, I wanted to ask you, John, what was your favorite era in beachwear? Because we see uh, some good nineteen fifty nine beachwear here. We do, we do. I do like the high waisted, uh, like the high waisted two piece uh, mm-hmm. that the woman is wearing. It's very stylish, and it makes sure to like almost cover her belly button, <laughs> sort mm-hmm. of thing, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I like it so much as. I think it's an interesting, uh, interesting achievement in belly button covering modesty, belly button modesty. <laughs> um, okay. How about you, Paul? Do you I, have a particular was, era of beachwear? I, in some ways, really like the era in which I think it was maybe the twenties where men wore basically rompers to the beach. Oh yeah. And now that rompers for men have made a comeback, I'm wondering if rompers for men for the beach will also. Yeah. Uh, as like as like the the big boy. Uh, I, I always sort of envied the idea of like mm-hmm. a strongman suit, Ooh, like, like sort yeah. of thing, like, like that, that I could go bathing in instead of having to, uh, you know, feel like the, the big boy at the pool sort of thing. Sure. Uh, so, so yeah, no, definitely like a, a romper, preferably striped. Well, it, it uh, has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Stri- striped like blue and white, uh, to match also your your parasol that you <laughs> you've put out on the beach. That'd be very good. I was thinking I'd want a black and white striped jumper though, or romper, so that I could also pretend to be a referee if the there kids start go. acting a up. Referee. I can blow my whistle and be like, "Very good." Uh, and then you can build, you know, pick up big weights that you find oh, yeah. on the beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or challenge people to grapples. <laughs> um, well, that settles that. The next scene. Yep. 
we see, the, uh, as we said, these two old men discussing port, and we learn that they have 400 bottles to drink in five months. John, is that a lot of port? Um, personally speaking, uh, that is a significant amount of port. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, port is fortified wine, I believe. True. Uh, so 400 bottles is a lot. Uh, do you like port, Paul? I have had port that I've liked a lot, and I've had port that I've really hated. The yeah. um, I don't know if you remember, I studied abroad in Spain and spent a little bit of time in Portugal back in the day. And mm-hmm. in that part of the world, you get your one euro port wherever, and it's pretty good. But I've had a lot of like cheapish port in the U.S. that was really, really bad. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, wh- where yeah. do you fall on that? Uh, yeah, port. I think I've only ever had cheap port. <laughs> uh, it definitely feels like. It feels like an alcoholic's drink, uh, a yeah. little bit. Yeah, like, cheap like port, it's, if you, in a, you were, hmm. it's like in a wine bottle, so it's a little bit less conspicuous. Mm-hmm. But then when you drink it, you know it's you know what what like thirty percent something like that. It's got something be. high. It really feels like a fortified wine. Yeah, and uh, and so like because of the, it also has sort of like the same sort of. Like, the feeling of, like, schnapps and other cheap, like, liquor. Like, thick and uh, sugary. Yeah, like, yeah, it's very sugary. It's very thick. It's, um, it tastes like a concentrated version of whatever, you know, you know, it's based off of, which is sort of, like, what a lot of liqueurs are. I mean, mm-hmm. I get, so, I can imagine a good port. Like, like it's not like it's, you know, like, I think I've had good fortified wine before, even. Um, huh. I forget, it starts with an M. Uh, but... I don't think I don't think I've had any any that does didn't taste like cheap cough syrup. Uh. Well, I mean, it definitely can. Presumably, in this case, we think it's very good port, but it's probably. still it's still probably a lot to get through. Well, it still needs a year, actually. So, well, it depends. It depends on who you ask in the scene. In any yeah. case, though, what what the hell kind of club are they in where they're playing pool, but they have all this port and everybody's in a suit and tie? Like, what what is this place, John? All right, so I think this is an officer's club uh, for, like, the Navy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why I think there's a port. That's why I think there's club. I don't know much about the military in general or officer's clubs on mm-hmm. top of that. But it feels like uh, the sort of thing that the elite would have. And then when the guy walks through, he looks like he's wearing a military in military dress. So he, so he definitely is when he walks in, but no but one else, else in the is. room is. Yeah, which, which makes me wonder, is this like an officer's club during peacetime? Yeah, I maybe? think this is the downtime. Uh, so I actually think that this is like an officer's club in the U.S. Uh, uh, like, I guess not obviously, but in the U.S. And I think that, uh, I guess we're kind of getting into what I think this movie is about, but I, mm-hmm. I, I think that this is... Maybe there's war on, maybe like the Korean War or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I forget when that starts. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's going on at this point in time. Um, goes to show how much I remember about American history. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, I think there's a war going on, but I think it's very far away. I and I see. think it's about sort of like the difference between uh, young people experiencing, uh, you know, it on this side versus in, and civilians versus like the upper crust officers that are are doing this i think that's what this movie is about uh because we definitely see like young people and older people in like two separate scenes 
Uh, so I wonder if that's sort of a theme that's going on here. Well, that definitely um, could be. Sorry, that's more serious than funny in terms of actual criticism. Well, no, I think this it, you could definitely be right, though. It does kind of beg the question, though, what's going to happen in five months? We hear um, what what's his name, Mustachio, say yeah. that you, we've only got five months to drink it all if Visa or, or whatever the name was and his men are right. But what, what do you that's think's happening true. in five months? Hmm. Maybe you're right. Maybe this is an occupied space. Like, uh, maybe this is in, like, the, uh, you know, the Southwest Pacific Ocean or something like that. And in five months' time, they're going to have to move off the base. Um, yeah, it could be. be. interesting. Yeah, or the Indian Ocean or something like that. <laughs> it, it definitely could be. They do have beaches there. Let's, they let's, do. I guess we, we already <laughs> talked about port a little bit, but I wanted to talk about wine snobbery, at least mm-hmm. a little bit here. Um is beer snobbery the millennial wine snobbery and are millennials killing wine snobbery? What do you think? <laughs> no, I think there's still plenty of wine snobs that are millennials. Uh, uh, I think that, I think beer snobbery and wine snobbery are different. I think beer snobbery is like almost like a reaction to wine snobbery. Mm. I think they might be hand in hand a little bit. Uh, not entirely. Like I think there'd be beer snobbery without wine snobbery, but I think sure. That, Parts of it, like parts of the culture, are a reaction to it. Not in a good way, necessarily, because I don't think there's... Uh, like, snobbery of any variety is bad, but, like, in really enjoying wine and wanting to, like, really, you know, get down into the nitty-gritty of what makes wine taste like wine, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that I think there's something cool about that. But, uh, you know, judging other people's wine choices, I think, I think beer people have learned from this. Uh, and I think they've made it their own in a in a different way. So instead of being like, oh, well, I wish I was drinking this. Like, you don't often, like, spit on people for, like, drinking crappy beer. You just sort of, yeah. like, get huffy about it. I also don't think that there's a pushback against wine snobbery in the same way that there's a pushback against beer snobbery. I know a lot of people love cheap beer, and they hate the idea of, dr- like, drinking beer that other people you know that they consider snobbish mm-hmm. and and so they will like get angry at people about drinking more expensive beer whereas i think most people are like well that's kind of a waste of money and then they just sort of shrug whenever you buy like a 20 dollar bottle of wine and they're used to buying you know like a, a four dollar bottle of wine or something you know I, th- I think you're right but on the other end of the spectrum i mean you said that p- people don't get too um huffy about having to drink bad beer Right, if yeah. if they are beer snobs, and I think that's true. You, I, I can more easily imagine someone refusing to drink a bad wine than someone yeah. who's like at a barbecue, and if all there is is Natty Bow, they're probably mm-hmm. still down to have a couple of beers, even if they prefer to have something else. So it's like, I think wh- there's also something to that because wine is aged, uh, hmm. whereas beer isn't. So I feel like the impact of bad wine, like it. I have no idea what the chemistry of this is, but sometimes like a, like you can get like a headache and stuff from bad wine. Uh, and I wonder if if that has something to do with the aging process versus like beer just going through the, you know, the, the um, fermentation process alone without it being aged necessarily sort mm-hmm. of makes it less of like a 
processed. No, that's ridiculous. I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but it but it sounds good. It definitely sounds yeah. good. No, it's and that's what's important really about the yeah. whole thing. All right. Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about in this scene, John, is we, we see Mustachios taking a bottle home with him this evening. Do you think he's <laughs> yes. paying for that bottle? Or like as an officer, he's entitled to as much port as he wants? Or is I he like on I, the wine committee? So he's like, well, no one's going to drink it. I'll just take more wine. I do like the idea that the five months time thing is like, you you remember Book It? Like the Pizza Hut book challenge sort of thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where you read books and then you get free personal pan pizza after so many like books or whatever yeah i like to think that this 400 dollars, 400 bottles is like a challenge like their budget for for wine was spent on these 400 dollars of 400 bottles and if they don't drink them all in five months when the next budget comes in you know comes up when they're measuring the next budget they'll like lower the wine budget oh yeah maybe uh so i like the idea of like them like really trying to like get through 400 bottles <laughs> of port in five months and so they all have to like just like take home bottles, uh, you know, maybe pour some of it down the <laughs> down the sink or something before they get audited by you know the officer manager or something like that, the club manager, and they're, and they're like, oh well, they obviously don't drink that much wine, but it's not that they don't drink wine; it's that they don't want to drink four hundred bottles of port <laughs> in five months. Um, uh, I like that theory a lot, so I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Instead, let's jump <laughs> in to what we think the movie's about. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right, uh, since you sort of told yours earlier, I'll, I'll go here mm-hmm. and say that uh, I think this movie's not really about the people, but all of the real main characters are beaches and how they define different aspects of life, both for the old and the young as it ties to whichever military conflict this is. So I think mm. we're going to see both young people and old people on the beach at home. I think what happened was these two youngish people were having fun on the beach and they got in trouble from some old people. I think we're going to see what happens during... Um, either an occupation on the beach or visiting a foreign beach for fun during wartime. And I think we're going to see some battles on the beach. And really, the movie's about the beaches. So the real beach was around you all along. No, the beach was inside them all along. The beach was inside you all along. That's what the old man stopped them from doing at the beginning, was eating a bunch of sand. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> ooh. No. No, probably not. Painful. All right. Uh, so yeah, mine was basically the non-war side. Like, uh, this is like, uh, sort of like the officer's club, like the downtime, maybe between wars and conflicts, like maybe five months is like when they're about to declare war. That could be, yeah. And that would require them to either ship out or maybe change, you know, how the base functions or something like that. So that's what I'm thinking this is about. Uh, I do like the idea of them needing to drink the port before it gets audited and they, they don't get as much wine next that year. is very funny well uh, do, do you I think mean, hmm? that's basically how public education works so so uh like i can't tell you how many times we're like well i guess we're buying more staples because you know there's still room in the budget for more staples so so instead of port it's like if the kids don't eat all the paste you don't get enough paste exactly for next year exactly okay okay yep all right well john do you think we can recommend any of the movies either the real one or either of what we've described uh sure (laughs) i I don't think i'm as sold on this i also but i also don't think that there's anything wrong with this like if this was on uh uh 
TCM or something like that, and, mm-hmm. and I was flipping through, I'd be like, yeah, why not sit down? But would I, like, go out of my way to do this? Also, before we leave, the the version that we watched on YouTube, it's all on YouTube, uh, it's, like, all dotty. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. It may be... You know how sometimes they'll obscure the images enough to get around a copyright hit or something? Oh, that's possible. But yeah. I don't know. It looked like some sort of really weird, like encoding thing to get it from like video to digital or something i don't know it's real weird it is weird there's better quality versions of it on um youtube in full i just couldn't figure out what the new minute was and i didn't want to see too much of it so we were stuck that's cool no problem i'll forgive you well thank you very much i i I think i think we can recommend the movie more more or less it's old it's probably fine if you like old war movies yep if if it is a war movie, we still don't really know. <laughs> that is true. We really don't. Somebody needs to watch it and find out and get back to us. Yeah. Uh, or if it's just about like port wars. The port wars, yes. The this port like. wars. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode of the Minute Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please submit a minute of your own. You can do that on our website, theminutepodcast.com. Use the contact form. Send us the deets of your favorite minute, and we'll talk about it. Could be a lot of fun, don't you think, John? I think it would be glorious. All right. You can also check out our other podcast, Plug In Missing, a journey through some of the greatest Flash animations and other (laughs) Flash products of the early 2000s. If you want to support the podcast, review us on iTunes, that kind of thing. You can also add us on the various social media platforms at Plug In Missing or email us at the, nope, at MinutePod or email us at theminutepodcast at gmail.com. I don't know why I can't keep our handles straight. As always, this episode was... Co-hosted by John Ward and Paul Rayberg, produced by John Ward with theme music by me. Come back next week and we're going to ask you... Uh, would you like a bottle of port to take home? Holy crap, you made it to the end. We'll be back next week to do it all again. Until then, be well and be sure to take a minute. The Minute Podcast.